Welcome back to Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host. Grandma Gail. So this week we have on a comedian, Tom Kelly. Uh, who's very funny, but he's got a problem. He's single and in his 40s. Good looking, uh, smart, but he can't and find funny. true love. <laughs> as, and as we said, being funny makes you a lot better for as a partner. Well, that's what you think. You think it's more attractive. And he, it was funny because he said comedians know that or, you know, funny guys know that. And so they think that they're even better than they really are. And then in his case, he wants to go out with models and stuff. And the models don't want to go out with him. Right. So there, there is a problem because all of a sudden you're perceiving yourself one way. And in reality, you are a, you're a different type of person. Yeah. So uh, the um, perhaps you get a little too jaded if you've been around for a while. Right. I mean, we'll get and into it. And also a little more fussy. Right. Well, you either get more picky or less picky. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure which is better. I think it's all difficult. It's very difficult to date when you're in your early twenties and and you're and you're not jaded at all. Mm -hmm. But I think as uh, people get older, they want different things, or they've they've gotten hurt in the past, and so they don't want to repeat it again. So there are a lot of issues, you know, that really come about, um, and it's it's tough out there. Yeah, and like obviously, I don't know about it since I'm not at that point. But we get a lot of questions, uh, both you know that listeners write in and and on our TikTok videos and people say like they're single in their 40s or single in 50s where do I meet people and we say again and again like we're not dating experts but and we also don't know where to put them because in the age of COVID you have to sit outside in the freezing cold with a muffler on and a heavy hat so I don't know where you can really meet people it's not like you're hanging out in an outside cafe someplace in the springtime or yeah. in the early fall it's it is it is it's a tricky situation and you don't want to in the middle of Omicron to start hanging out too much in large gatherings inside so it's tough we talk about all of that with him and we also are on his podcast so you guys should check that episode out he interviews us so it's kind of a part one part two episode kind of thing and we hope you enjoy it so guys we are joined by tom kelly usually i introduce our guests to you all but i just love the way he introduces himself so can you give us your little thing that you do or like a shortened version of what you well, do the shortened version oh, well you heard my long podcast intro uh, i am a uh, tom kelly i'm a stand-up comedian whose life fell apart during the pandemic but if you really look at it my life has been a mess for a long long time and my comedy is about me owning the awkwardness and cleaning up that mess. And I am Tom Kelly show across the board. I'm Tom Kelly show on uh, TikTok. I know you have a lot of TikTok fans. I'm my podcast is the Tom Kelly show. I'm Tom Kelly show on Instagram and I'm Tom Kelly show on Venmo and uh, I'm Tom Kelly show on match.com and most of the dating apps. Yes. You know, like that was a test too of Gail. We, we were just talking on don't don't fool around with me. Oh my God. I, I, gosh, no, Gail, you're becoming hipper by the minute. Yeah. Every second living with her. Are you uh, on Venmo, Gail? No, no, and I don't want any. Why are you saying it like it's only fans? I don't want anybody to see my bank account. No I don't think gonna, I'm not switching okay. checks with anybody. Go ahead. All right, Tom. When you say your life is a mess, like, what does that mean? So, if I'm being real, um, I was. I've always been a bit of a mess. I, I, I you, you may find this hard to believe, but I wasn't always this attractive. And for those of you looking at it, know I'm being sarcastic with that. 
Um, but I was a late bloomer with a lot of things. Uh, I have always sort of held off dating either because I get hung up on specific women mm -hmm. or the real reality is I've always been dating my career. And then I started making money during the pandemic, uh, before the pandemic. Uh, I spent years for being known as the warm-up comedian at The View and a bunch of big shows in New York City. And then the pandemic came and just when I was finally making grown-up money for the first time in my life, uh, it all went out the window. And I'm half shattered by that. Uh, but the other half of me has been working at finding the gifts during the pandemic, like uh, kind of like you and Grandma Gail, I spent a lot of time with my parents. Um, the difference between my relationship with my parents and yours is you spent so much time with Grandma Gail, you started a podcast. Uh, me, I spent so much time with my parents that uh, I'm really trying to spend the holidays elsewhere. If you and I talked seven days ago, my career was on the brink of a comeback again. Mm -hmm. And... You know, uh, not necessarily with TV work, but I had a lot of private gigs ready for 2021 and people are putting the brakes on those. Um, I have put the brakes on a lot of my smaller work uh, because I don't want to get the one blessing I got out of uh, COVID-19 was I caught it. It's real. You do not want whatever I had. You just don't. Uh, I would not wish my COVID-19 experience on any of my exes, and I'm a vindictive human being. I'm cleaning up that mess and trying to find joy in all of that. I saw your video earlier where you're like canceling all my shows in the next week. But if someone wants to pay me a hundred dollars, we'll risk the health of my family. Yeah. Time. Now that is a bit of a joke. Uh, like I feel like everybody in life has a I'll eat poop price, you know, right. and my real I'll eat poop price sometimes is a hundred if I think it'll lead somewhere, but my real I'll eat poop price for even doing private gigs is 2,500 bucks. Mm -hmm. I will do your school charity. I will go to whatever uh, awful town it is. I will be an auctioneer. So yeah, I will kill my parents for 2,500 uh, or risk their lives. I wouldn't kill them, Yeah, but I'd roll the dice. Give them the big virus. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, cause the other one is, and I don't know, listen, I've done a lot with, podcasting and TikTok and trying to keep my career going, but not I don't have a grandparent to mooch off of and uh, turn them into a, a reality TV a star into a roommate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, listen, I, I would live with my parents forever, Grandma Gail, if they lived in a place as nice as yours. Uh, I've been trying to get my you're parents invited, to move. You're invited. come on down. You make there. jokes, but I will show up. <laughs> <laughs> so just to go back a little bit, because this is a dating podcast, you are living in New York. You are how old and what is your relationship? Status? So I just turned 40 uh, about five years ago. And um, if I'm owning my real age, but I passed, you know, it's funny, though, before the pandemic, I passed for 10 years younger than I was. Uh, now I feel 10 years older than I am. I don't know if that makes sense. And the, the real numbers might be five and five, whatever sounds less creepy. But uh, I think so. I so my stand up joke is I've been single so long that last year for Christmas, mom and dad, they got me match.com, the dating website. You know, right. I've been single so long. I just changed my Facebook relationship status from single to non-practicing heterosexual. I think I'm super picky. I am. I am going to say that it takes a lot to get me off the sofa. 
Um, I tend to date women where if you saw us together, you would say, what the hell is she doing with him? Um, I. But that happens when you're funny. Funny guys gain like 50 points on the hotness scale. Yeah. Or funny guys think they gain 50 points on the hotness scale and they keep aspiring. And and to be honest with you, if I'm being very real, like it's funny when you guys were on my podcast, um, Grandma Gail kind of gave the advice of you should just shut up and settle, Tom. And not every- settle, Tom, not settle, but don't have unrealistic expectations. There are so many nice women out there that would be crazy about you. Come on. Yeah, and I've done that and I've heard that. And the problem is they've broken my heart, too. So the nice thing about dating the unrealistic women and aspiring for the unrealistic women is if they break your heart, it makes sense. Like I tend to date unusually tall athletic women who are questioning their sexuality. And then usually after four dates with me, they have their answers. (laughs) But when you say like you're picky, do you think the things you're picky about are justified or do you think you know that it's like might be a little too much? Like if you're going around being like they cannot eat with their mouth open, it's a deal breaker, you know, and it's like, okay, maybe I can budge on that. Okay. I'm going to say on two fronts here. Uh, I I mean, I don't have a list or a checklist for going into a date. I mean, I tend to date women who are my height or taller. And I think my shrink who I'm seeing in two hours will say that's because I was a late bloomer, didn't grow till I was late and stuff like that. Um, I tend to fall for women who are more confident than I am. Like my shrink says, I tend to fall for people who are the opposite of me to fill in the holes in me. Um, You know, I tend to fall for people smarter than me. Um, The one who really broke my heart was a uh, basketball player for Brown. She was tall, athletic and smarter than me. And I'm like, this kid could be the parent that I could never be to my unborn children. You know, so I tend to and then I could be Mr. Fun. Um, So a bad thing to find balance like but 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 i but i don't even want to call it balance what i'm looking for kim is to be hit over the head and i i what i want is to be able to point and say i want that and take it off the shelf uh what i don't want is i don't like being set up like i mean like you i listen to your podcast you've talked about setups before uh you don't know what people think about you until they try to set you up. Oh, that's crazy. No, Come I agree. On, guys. I completely agree. But they yeah. know you. They know you. They know your No, they're like that girl who I'm sort of friends with is single. And that guy who I'm sort of friends with is oh. single. Let's set them up. It's and, not and, like specific. Well, or, or I'll go the other way is your grandma might be right. Like, I think I am uh, uh, Pete Davidson, who should be set up with Kim Kardashian. Right. And your grandma thinks that I am Gilbert Gottfried, who should be set up with Kathy Griffin. And it wouldn't be so terrible. You'd have a lot of laughs. Ah, no, Gail, I'm out. (laughs) See, and then it's this argument. Come on, you'll just have a good time. And the other thing I don't like about setups is I, I want the freedom to be able to tell the person to go to hell and when and never see them again. That you can't do on the set. You have to be sort of nice because you got somebody who set you up. That's true. So I'll tell you a date that I I am I meant to talk about this on my podcast with you guys um, last Saturday. So on Saturday, 
I saw a girl on one of the dating apps. She checked off a lot of the boxes. She was pretty. She's smart. She seems to go out in the Hamptons. Uh, she seemed to be splitting her time between New York City and the beach. And I'm like, that's kind of what I've been doing for a year. Uh, that's what I want. And I, I was kind of like excited about possibly going out with her. And then about 90 minutes before our scheduled blind date, she sends me a note saying, hey, Tom, I want to cancel. And and why? Well, and again, this is December. She says, well, my mom died in September and I don't want to feel sad telling you about where I'm from, blah, blah, blah. No, and I then I've never heard an excuse like that. <laughs> That's just bad. Yeah. And let's go a few volleys. For, but th and that part, I'll even I'll even buy the excuse for a minute. I'll buy the excuse. Sure. And then we go into a volley of texting of, uh, well, maybe we can do something this week or next week. And I make the joke of, uh, well, how about this? You can come home with me for Christmas because she was Jewish. And uh, and I think I said, and then we could just ruin my parents' expectations and break their hearts later. Something like that. And then it was a weird leap at a bad joke. And then she kind of ghosts for the whole friggin night. I figured that she did not think that was. Funny. But if someone doesn't get your humor, like good thing you didn't waste your time on the. No, date. but then and this is part of why I don't date is now I'm feeling like an a hole the whole god darn night, uh, and she actually texted me back at midnight. I hope you had a good night, which was kind of like the blow off of I answered you. So I wrote her back and I wrote her a note that was pretty much this. I said, "Hey, just so you know, uh, I'm gonna drop off the radar." Uh, I just kind of got a feeling after the last minute cancellation and texting with you that you're a horrible person. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh, Kimmy, this, is a, this is the thing though. Like, why do you have to send that text at all? Right. Like, why can't you just know in your head this didn't work? Like, I'm going to leave it versus like have to say, but BTW, I'm leaving it. So if you were thinking about it, like it's off the table, like I don't get it. Well, See, I think you have to leave things on a good note. Because you might run into this girl in two months and all of a sudden love her and she'll love you and you'll say, oh, my gosh, look at that terrible thing I sent you. But now you're giving into the fantasy that we all are like believing in. Well, of I like, know, but leave everybody with a nice thought. Why, why mess it up? He well, because, you know, because it's the and this is something I am trying to get over. And again, therapy. And now for those of you counting down therapy in one hour and 30 minutes, uh, I, <laughs> I think I don't know if it's a cultural thing versus being half Italian uh, or Irish and being descended from some horrible people. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like you got to burn the earth and drop the bomb. See, that's what we don't I don't like. I, and I always say to Kimmy, leave everybody with a smile. You might not be your favorite person in the world, but don't have to cut it off. Because it also head. puts you in the position of power when you're the one who is like, well, right. you know, no, because but seriously, what do you need like it for. Yeah. Wait, Kim just said something smart. Go with that for a minute. We're killing them with kindness. And then it puts you in the position to say, I like this person or I don't versus going into these things and kind of being like, I don't know how I feel. And then they get that vibe from you. Like, I think being nice and acting like they are important is just the best thing you could do for yourself. See, I think you just you might have I may owe you some of the copay I'm going to pay in therapy in a bit, which is no, I'm going to be a therapist. Are you You're right? It's. Colombian, get her P a PhD. She would be very, very good. I think you just said something that means something to me there, Kim, which is when somebody hurts my feelings through ghosting or through breaking up, 
when you say something horrible right after that, mm-hmm. I take the power back by being slightly more hurtful than they were, even though technically I'm more hurt than they are if I'm being real. Yeah, I see uh, what you're saying. Like, they're both ways to feel like you're in control of the situation. I just think that you're going to know deep down, like, OK, you took some of the power back, but like you're not going to feel that good about it. So I don't feel that good about it. It's funny you said, yes, I don't feel that good about it right now. But I also feel like if people can be a-holes and nobody tells them they're an a-hole, how is the world going to get better? You're not going to fix the world by telling one girl that she's horrible. more than a village. Yeah, It takes a whole city. (laughs) Because I held back on the one that I wanted to say, which was, and this this is good Sicilian bitterness, is what I wanted to say was, your dead mother deserves more than to be used as an excuse for getting out of dates. Oh, I'm so excited for your therapy session today. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad I told this to real people because to see both of your faces on that, that's what's in my head. But I didn't say that out loud. OK, good. Yeah, good, just good, no because it's not even true. Like, you don't even believe that you're just trying to get a rise out of somebody who like, you know what I mean? Like, OK, but I'm in a career of getting a rise out of people, too. Have you gone to Vegas at all with your career? Have you done? I've only been to Vegas twice, once for a bachelor party. And I don't remember much except for getting on the plane and getting off. No, actually, I have three great stories from being there drunk uh, now that I'm thinking about it. And then once with a pilot for uh, Jenny McCarthy. I've been I'm in a weird spot where I've been blessed to be pinned in New York with TV work for many, many years. And now I'm in this weird spot of uh, I have the blessing of freedom, but don't know where to go. And there's no world to travel around. Well, that's the problem with everybody Mm -hmm. today. So it's not only you, but Vegas seems to be a spot where comedians still have vehicles to really play in. Well, I'm actually curious because it seems like comedy has actually changed a lot since the 50s. Like we were having this conversation earlier of like the big thing was, I mean, we see this in like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. They're doing stand up in the Catskills and it's like big personalities, whatever. Like now, you know, you could be a comedian. You have a Netflix special. You have um, just from being on TikTok or being on YouTube. You can be you know what I mean? So I'm going to argue and not to pop your audience is what I'm talking about, but so go ahead. (laughs) No, I thought you were a stand up before. I thought you were like, you're so funny and charming (sighs) and your grandmother is funny. I just figured. And again, I know you sort of superficially through to, you know, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, a little bit through your podcast that that we're now exposing that I haven't listened to enough of, (laughs) but you're funny. And that's where comedy comedy's in this weird spot of do I really want to go out for an hour and watch somebody in person? Now, I'll be honest, that makes you feel good. That's my fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate saying I'm tr- I'm fighting for it to not be my fix. OK, uh, because it is like. Uh, you know, like I gave up the weekend to perform at a club actually right by my apartment, so it wasn't that bad. But I gave up a chance to go elsewhere for three hundred dollars this weekend. Comedy doesn't pay great. Right. Unless you're a big name, it doesn't. Um, But there's so many ways to be a comedian now. Um, And uh, the hard part is being a comedian now. We're competing against TikTok stars. I mean, even on TikTok, you and I, I mean, you have a wholesome damn show. And we're competing against pretty girls, you know, jiggling their butts to songs. And that like, I mean, my TikTok feed right now is funny comedian, funny comedian, 
girl shaking her butt lip syncing to right. grandma. How do I compete with that nowadays? I don't know, because I'd rather watch a girl jiggling her butt than me. I think it's a different niche. I think it's one of it. One thing is being a content creator. And one thing is being an influencer or like a TikTok uh, girl. Uh, I think they're extremely different. I think one couldn't really like exist without the other on the platform. Like I wouldn't use TikTok if it was all girls shaking their butts. I would need to be in serious therapy. Like that would do a lot to my self-esteem. So, and I think like the algorithm is amazing in that, like it shows you what you want to see. So I think, of course, you're going to get those random videos and stuff. But why you, you don't like that? No, I, I love I don't like what it says about me. You know, like I felt like at, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I had a joke that wasn't working mm-hmm. uh, was I really thought whoever was creating the TikTok algorithm was going to cure COVID-19 with a right. social distancing app. Because deep down, listen, uh, to impress you and your grandma, uh, I like comedy, books, and uh, thrift store shopping. Yeah. TikTok knows I will spend a little more time on the girls jiggling butts than I should. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I don't know what the, and that's my thing is I don't know what these apps should be. Should these apps be, let's show them what they want or show them what they need. And that's what I miss about the old days of broadcasting. Yeah, but you're not getting that back. The way that it works for those who don't know is it the if you put a video out there, everyone gets an equal opportunity. So if a video goes out, it gets shown to 10 people. And if all those 10 people like it or stay on it or forward it, that's going to be shown to more people. So I think it's like actually fair. I don't know. What advice do you like? How did you guys find love? I guess is the question. Or what advice would you give the 40 something year old single guy? Ooh, you want to give him advice? No, you could, you could, well, my advice to him is just relax, go, go meet whoever you want, go for a cup of coffee. If somebody comes up to you and says, I'd like to go out with you or you're at a bar, just go have a good time. Don't make, but I don't think you can sit back and, and relax. I think you have to make an effort. Well, make an effort. He's putting on a jacket. That's an effort. Like, I feel like for dating my age, I went into it thinking I was I was a 40 something year old who thought he was 35. And I'm now a 45 year old who feels like he's 60. Do you care, though? I think that's also. Oh, it's weird because like I'll go in like everybody is your age, Kim. And and you're you're at that weird age of uh, if you were a couple of years older, I might. But no, like uh, you very much strike me as a niece without being. uh, Yeah. I mean, there'd be a moment where I could I date her. No, that that's a niece. Now, could I date someone else your age? Maybe I, I believe age is a energy sort of a thing. Uh, that happens to coincide with numbers. I mean, I've gone out with a couple of 50 something year olds in the last six months and they were much less mature than you are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they were just not together. They were messes and, and that's the right way to say it is. So yeah. back to, to me, like I go out to a bar now and I'll hit on a girl and my pickup line now is, uh, can I buy you a drink or would you just like a student loan payment? <laughs> 
I, funny always work. We always say like, you can't really meet somebody at a bar that you're going to end up being in a relationship with. I wouldn't waste my time necessarily doing that. But if one of your friends says, Hey, I'm having people over and it's not going to just be couples. It's like also some single people. Like that's when I would get out of off the couch and go to those kind of things. I think apps are amazing. I know she doesn't agree with me, but I think that's the way to meet people. You know, it's funny though with the apps. I feel like I'm just out of what I call the build a bear zone. You know, do you know, like it's like I'm I'm five ten girls when they put in their build a bear, it's five eleven or six foot. Uh, I am forty five. I think girls stop at forty four. I think forty four and forty five. If you're being honest about your age, is a big difference. And so, like now, I find it kind of soul sucking. Uh, like I'm thinking about lying a little bit. Actually, what do you think about me bending the truth? A bit. No, don't bend no. the truth. There are plenty of girls in their late twenties and thirties that would be absolutely thrilled to go out with you. You're a okay. nice guy. But just to get past the algorithm, should I make myself six feet tall, no. and then uh, and then tell them the truth before I see them in person? No, you would rather them be pleasantly surprised than like automatically write you off when they get there because they're like, this guy's a liar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I should lie about my age, is what you're saying. No, don't lie about anything. You're just fine. What if I put the age I feel like I'm 45 and I feel 42? Because then you're just going to have to tell them later. It's just going to like it's setting yourself up for failure. I just think being honest is like the best. Like you want someone to actually like you for you and not that like being 45 and being 42 has anything to do with your personality. Right. I think that like coming up, being a liar does. You know what so I mean? What, what do you think about lying about my age and going the other way, telling people I'm 65 and then when they see me in person, it's like, oh, my God, you're 45. That's even better. That works better. That's a better. Thing. I would do that over the other one, yeah. but I wouldn't. Do, I yeah. would just. I, I mean, what about like uh, I, I list myself as five foot four on the dating app. So that way, when they meet me, you're like, wow, even bigger. There's wow. so much in this conversation. <laughs> We're really experts, I think. <laughs> Um, Since we're both five too, right? We can, we can date anybody. Can, oh so. my gosh! You know what? You know what's funny though. I not to judge based on distant images, but yeah, you both looked short. <laughs> you know what? The funny thing is. I know. We're getting shorter. I have I to change know. the angle of the I, I camera. I don't know maybe. what's going on here. I have to. We're sitting on pillows. Yeah, seriously, we're stacked on like three pillows. No, it's not just the angle, but the two of you give off a a short, powerful vibe. Okay, I'll big take short it. energy. BSE, oh. big short energy. I actually love that. Could be some merch. BSE, you cut me in. What yeah. kind of what kind of merch are you two selling? Just excuse my grandma. We're not selling anything right now. I think we oh. should start. Excuse my grandma's just a shirt. We have are you kidding me? We're thinking of hats and visors so her friends could wear the visors and we could wear them. I want to talk a little bit about the relationship with your grandma. We talked about it a little bit on your podcast. Also for people who I haven't said this yet, we are on Tom's podcast, the Tom Kelly show. Um, so it's kind of a part one, part two. So go check that out as well. But um, did your grandma ever give you or grandpa dating advice in your life? My Italian grandfather would say things like uh, find a beautiful woman like your grandmother, um, you know, get married young, which I didn't do. So then he would say uh, he also said never date a waitress. Hmm. Why? His coffee must have been cold. That and day. he's not wrong because, you know, it's funny. I have dated a few uh, pretty girl waitresses, and I think he all thought they served you, but wanted to be served themselves. 
don't date don't date a red wine drunk popped into my head would you ever date a comedian though i have uh, i have thought about it Mm -hmm. i actually have the distinction of hitting on amy schumer at a point when i would have made her sign a prenup (sighs) do not touch my money Wow. And and to be very clear, I did not date her at all. I asked her out twice and she very politely and sweetly turned me down both times. But I do like to say that had she married me, like had something unrealistic happened, it would have been really fun to have her dump me and wind up with just whatever I got. And she made her millions. There is some sort of a life lesson or imaginary life lesson there. Uh, That said, I think it's hard to date other people in your business. I think comedians can be awful person this, uh, the same way. I just told you a story about a girl who rejected me a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want that told about me. I want to control the storytelling. I don't want to be bad in bed and wind up being five minutes in somebody's new Netflix special. I wish awful things on the preponderance of the women who have broken my heart. And we need to work on it. No, but here's but here's the funny thing, Kim. There's nothing worse than being single, seeing someone who broke your heart. And it turns out they made the right call. That guy's great. Does he have a sister? You know, like, I mean, the one I was telling you about who played basketball, um, she wound up marrying a guy and I did the Facebook stalking um, and she's not or having a baby with the guy. I forget what she did, but whatever it is, she's committed with the guy on the West Coast and the guy likes Conan O'Brien. He likes long bike rides. He likes stand up comedy. And I'm like, she married me with better health insurance and six inches taller. It's timing. Yeah, it's literally all timing. And well, also, it's like you it's so dangerous to compare yourself like you can't like. But that's what I do for a living. I walk into a room and I find something. And this is another reason why I'm probably single is um, whether it be relationship wise as a defense mechanism or as a comedy thing, I go into a room and I find one thing wrong with everybody if I can. And generally, and then I will sh- eventually hey, look at those stupid pink headphones. I don't know, like, uh, you know, um, you know, like, like eh, coming from two women who got headphones who look like they're Princess Leia in the original Star Wars. You know, it actually looks like Princess Leia. I know. I, I noticed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> really does. So. All we need is like the braids. Yeah, we'll wrap our hair around. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I'm the same, though. I wonder if I'm a comedian at heart. Well, like, I, I thought you were one. I think you are. Listen, you are a broadcaster, entertainer, or storyteller. Mm-hmm. That's who sometimes is funny. So I want to end the episode with a game we play with all our guests, Grandma Gail's old-fashioned dating quiz. I'm ready. All right. So the first one is, would you rather get a call from the person you're dating or a text? Depends on the time of day. Okay. So I love a text, but I once broke up with a girl because she kept texting me when she knew I was sleeping at six in the morning. Would you sleep with someone on the first date? Yes. In fact, I would sleep with someone before the first date. (laughs) If that were an option. Right. Uh, Dating apps or setups? Apps all the way. Move in together before getting engaged or wait until you're engaged to move in? Ooh. Engage doesn't matter for marriage. I would definitely move in before marriage. Or if you're feeling super Catholic 10 years ago, pre- have a fake apartment on the side and don't tell anybody you're living together before right. marriage. Now, for engaged, so long as I get the ring back, engaged is not a legally binding thing. Should the guy pay for the date or should you alternate? 
I've gotten burned on this. Mm. I used to think it was just easier for my anxiety to pay for as much as I could pay for. Then at one point in the middle, I was letting them pay for dessert if we did coffee after. And then one day, a girl named Rachel, I was about to give her maiden name, but I just stopped. She wrote me a note back saying, Tom, just so you know, one of the reasons I started ghosting you was you bought dinner, but then let me pay for coffee at the coffee place after. So at this point, I don't uh, when I'm working, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I I think if I were being honest, um, women, everything should be 50 50, blah, blah, blah. But as a man who's trying to have sex, I will do whatever I am told. Sure. I think that's correct. (laughs) At this point, you just tell me what you like up front. You know what I don't like, though? I I do appreciate the haggle. I do appreciate the fake haggle. Oh, the reach. That's my favorite thing to talk about. I call it the reach. It's like, can I pay for the date? And you reach in slow motion toward your bag with no intention. And you know what I would like as a man who's been single for a long time? I wouldn't mind. I wish there was some sort of a code word we would have in in the English language where if a person had already decided that she was not going on another date with the person that Mm -hmm. she could say, hey, I'll give you the money back. I would love women. Here's what I would love for this whole dating thing. I would love women to put the cost of half of each date into an escrow account for the first five to six dates. If we make it to seven, you get that money back. If you dump me after three or four, I get my money back in the and or half the money back. And you we each got the quality of each other's friendship. Modern dater. Yes. Two out of five were traditional. So you're more of a modern dater. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. With with an old fashioned flair. Now, it's funny. I was listening to your podcast. Like I'll still accept that it seems cheap now in the age of remote door locks. I like to open the door like the old fashioned thing of let me put the key in and open the door for you. Uh, now I just feel like it's whoop, whoop. <laughs> open it yourself. <laughs> like, and, and I find it's just so weird to try to be old fashioned when it's, whoop, whoop, you know, and it opens or, um, you know, I like the idea of uh, knocking on the door on the first date, but I find that women prefer you text because they don't want you to meet the family before you go out. Yeah. And they don't want you to know where they live in case. Oh, even that to, to that point, I don't think I've picked up a first date in. Yeah. I mean, could it be five years, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, no, because honestly, like we did this traditional put a finger down on TikTok and a lot of people were commenting like, I don't want them to pick me up. It's not safe on the first date. And it's it's true, honestly, like unless it's like you're meeting them like on 43rd and 2nd on the corner, you know what I mean? But if you're in the city, but I think normally um, first date, meet them. there, not a problem. Yeah. And then first date, you pay for the drinks and don't give them an Apple AirTag as a parting gift. What, what is did, it? Wait, did you do that? No, no, I, but I, that's just a new fear. I'm obsessed with the Apple Air tags right now. I don't even uh, know. Explain to her what that is. What is that? Okay, it is. I don't have any with me. It is the size of a silver dollar, right. and it's essentially a tracking device that you can pair oh. with your phone. Oh my gosh! And I put one in my car, so I know like my car is in a garage. If somebody moves it, I can find it. I found with those things. Uh, I talk about actually it's an adventure story I've told on my podcast about me tracking down a lost laptop with the Apple find my app. But nowadays, 
there's no anonymity is someone could slip something into your bag and they can follow you home. It's really creepy. I don't anyway. That was meant as a joke, but it's a real on my, I have a tile, which is the same thing on my AirPods so I can always find them. Um, this one's that, I think I'm going to put one in your pocketbook and then I'll know where you are. I already have you on time. find my friends. So I know where you are. <laughs> I'm one step ahead. Oh, my God. I want to put one in my parents' cars. Just to, like because they disappear for a while and don't answer the phone. Yeah, just so you know. And then my father says, I don't want to be a part of your generation. Meanwhile, if I don't if I don't answer on the third ring, they're all crazy. Right. Exactly. Tom, thank you so, so much for coming on. Excuse my grandma. Tell everyone how they can find you. So uh, I am across the board as Tom Kelly show. I'm, I'm most emotional about my Tom Kelly show podcast, which, which is a what I like to call a brand of self-help comedy. And then I am also a Tom Kelly show on Instagram and TikTok. I'm trying to do two of those a day. And you could sign up for my mailing list at TomKellyShow.com. And maybe that way you can come see me perform live sometime. Amazing. Great. Thank we you will. so much. And Thank listen you, to ladies. part one and part two on both of our podcasts, guys. Hope you guys liked the episode with Tom. I thought he was great. I mean, you know, I, I know there's a wonderful person there for him. Because yeah. he's, he's a very personable uh, man. Great energy. Great energy. He's he's a good guy. And uh, he will find the, uh, the perfect mate. It's just a matter of time. So for our 50s movie of the week, it's not really a movie or from the 50s, but it is about the 50s and we feel like that counts just because it's so closely related to our guest this week, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. It's all about stand-up comedy um, in the 1950s and a, and a Jewish housewife who was played by Rachel Brosnahan, who's amazing. And and all the trials and tribulation of a stand-up comic. Yes. Which is very relevant to our speaker today. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys have seen this already but if you haven't it's the best show okay another great episode you guys know where to find us on instagram and tiktok at excuse my grandma you can find the podcast on spotify apple wherever you listen give us a rating and review if you haven't it really helps us climb the charts and we will see you next week bye